to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ari Harris. I am a certified professional dog trainer, and I own and run a good feeling dog training, which is based in Denver, Colorado. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm seriously really excited that you're here. I know I say that a lot, but I truly mean it. I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there, and the fact that you have chosen to spend your valuable time with me, it's truly an honor to connect with you. So I really hope you'll find a lot of value in this podcast. And if you have any feedback, please do me a favor, follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO and send me a direct message. Um, I really just, I, I don't want you just to be my follower. I want to connect with you. I want to get to know you and your dog. So please, if you follow me on the gram, also shoot me a DM so that I can see you and get to know you. So, um, I want to talk about a few things. So in today's podcast episode, I want to talk about behavioral momentum, what that means and how you can apply it to your dog. Um, But I wanted to touch on something. So in this podcast, I typically start the podcast by saying hello, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And I recognize that that doesn't reflect how everyone um, identifies themselves. So I just want all of you beautiful listeners to know that I am doing my best to grow and evolve um, so that I can be the best ally that I can. So I'm going to do my best by saying um, everybody so that I can be more inclusive in the way that I speak in this podcast. I'd also like to bring up um, the fact that Black lives still matter and there's still a lot happening in this world um, that needs to be talked about and addressed. And obviously, while my focus in this podcast is dog training, um, I'm also a human being and I believe that um, Black lives fucking matter. And we really should be doing more to be allies. So to all of my listeners, um, I just want you to know that I am doing my best to be an ally for um, everyone. I want to be there for you and I want to support you. And I am doing my best to use my ordinary privilege to make this a more fair and just world for everyone. So while I maybe am not posting about it on my social media um, as much as I once was, I want you all to know that um, I have not forgotten. Um, I know that because I am white... Um, I have a lot of privilege that allows me the luxury of quote unquote moving on with my day to day. But I want you to know that um, I want everyone to experience the same privilege that I do. So like I was saying in today's episode, I want to talk about behavioral momentum and I would love to have a dialogue about this in the Facebook group. So if you are not already a member, please join the Facebook group. Um, There's a link to that in the show notes because I want to hear your experience on this. But um, behavioral momentum basically refers to um, that, right? Getting momentum in behavior. And I think that this concept is very applicable to all dogs, but I think especially to the reactive dog. So if you guys are new to the podcast, um, I have an online coaching program for reactive dog owners. So um, reactive dogs are really my passion. That's really where most of my dog training expertise lies. And I think that um, 
for you beautiful people listening with reactive dogs, I really want you to take what I'm saying in this this podcast to heart because it can help you. It can tremendously improve the dialogue between you and your dog. So when I'm talking about behavioral momentum, I'm talking about using it to shift from an undesired outcome to a desired outcome. Okay, so what that looks like is um, the dog is doing something I don't want them to do. Um, things that I've been doing in the past have not been leading to um, the desired outcome. So I want to give you an example. And I'd also like to shout out my react, my current reactive dog students, because a lot of this inspiration comes from um, reviewing and giving feedback from training videos. So thank you to um, everyone who's trusted me to be a part of their training journey. Um, that's really where the inspiration for this um, topic came from. So I want to give you an example. Okay, so you have a dog that when you are out on walks will stop and quote unquote refuse to move, right? So maybe you have tried just standing there with them, giving them a minute. That's still not getting them to move any sooner. Maybe you have tried dragging them. That has not been particularly fun or successful. Um, so I want to give you some tangible steps you could take in a scenario like that. Okay, so um, so say I have a dog and he stops and refuses to move on the walk. And I'm fairly certain that he's not particularly terrified of anything. I don't think that there's anything physical happening for sure. But for whatever reason, my dog just wants to stop there and take in information. So first and foremost, that's fine. Just stop for a second. Give your dog a moment. But when you do need them to move, right? So particularly in the reactive dog setting, maybe they're stopping and staring at something and you can tell it's going to escalate to a reactive episode and you need to get them out of there as quickly as you can. What I'm really going to focus on is having my rewards ready so that I can reward small incremental steps towards more momentum towards the behavior that I want. Okay, so I'm standing there my dog is standing still my dog looks at me I mark and reward for that so looking at me is a relatively uh, easy behavior it's pretty reinforced they do it pretty naturally okay so that's going to be my first step towards more momentum so I'm standing there the dog looks at me I mark and reward maybe the dog looks at me again I mark and reward again that's when maybe I'll ask my dog for a nose touch if your dog doesn't know a nose touch do me a favor, train it to them. Um, it's super useful in so many contexts, but I think particularly in the sequence of a dog who doesn't want to move, I feel like the nose touch can be super duper valuable. So I've rewarded two times for the dog's, dog looking at me. At this point, they're still stationary, which is fine. Then I'm going to ask for a nose touch, but I'm going to make it super easy so that all they have to do is lean forward. Not particularly get up or move, but just a little bit of leaning forward. They do that behavior. I'm going to mark and reward. Then I'm going to ask for another nose touch, but this time I'm going to ask for my dog to move even a little bit closer to me. I'm going to mark and reward for that. And it seems minuscule, right? These details seem really, really small, but they are oh so powerful, right? So in that sequence, I have rewarded four behaviors towards the product of getting the end product of getting them to move with me, right? This is not a perfect situation. And you know, there's, there's a lot of variables, but that is going to be my first go to, right? And then maybe I'll ask for a nose touch where the dog completely stands up. Now my dog is standing. I've marked and rewarded for that. Now I'm going to maybe cue them to walk with me. They walk with me. I mark and reward for 
for that. So in that sequence, there are three core behaviors that already have a reinforcement history that I'm using to get behavioral momentum to get my dog moving. So eye contact. Um, if you are new to the podcast and you have not heard me talk about auto check-ins, let me tell you about auto check-ins. What that looks like is the dog offers their attention without any prompting from me, and I make sure that I'm marking and rewarding, right? Typically, I'm rewarding with food for that behavior. So it's a taught, established, understood behavior that has a really strong reinforcement history. Second, the nose touch. This behavior, I want to have a really strong reinforcement history. I want my dog to understand it. I want them to enjoy it. And then that third behavior in that sequence is going to be walking at my side. So if your dog doesn't know how to walk at your side on cue, again, another behavior I think that is well worth investing the time and training energy into so that in those situations, you have all of those behaviors to use to get behavioral momentum. So behavioral momentum is one of those things that I think we take for granted and we don't utilize as much as we really should. And I think that we we get spoiled with dogs who are pretty willing to do what we want, even though maybe we ask too much. Um, and I think that, you know, yay for dogs that make our lives easier, but also <laughs> not all dogs roll that way, right? Like not all dogs are going to give you the luxury of being able to skip a bunch of steps in a training plan. So um, I really want you guys thinking about situations in which your dog is doing something you don't want them to do. You're trying to get them to participate and do what you want them. Are you asking for too much? Because in the behavioral momentum sequence, right? I'm reinforcing really easy behaviors. I'm getting the dog to quote unquote buy in, right? They're like, oh, okay, I'm looking at you. I'm getting cookies. Okay, I can do that. Versus the dog is standing stationary. I need them to move. I pull. The dog doesn't like it. And then they just dig their, their paws in even further. So I think that we have to be really thoughtful about not asking for too much to get the dog to a point where they just shut down or give up. So I think that shutting down and giving up looks really different on your in your individual dog, right? But Shutting down slash giving up um, in Waylon would look like him just giving me the bird and just running off, right? Like, meh, I'd rather not. I'm just going to do this, right? And if I don't use behavioral momentum in highly distracting settings, he will definitely give up and just leave me, right? It's happened a lot of times. For Tiva, when she gives up, quote unquote, gives up, that typically looks like her barking at me, her jumping at me, her offering every single behavior she's ever known. And that's her just being like, I'm not clear on what you're asking, so I'm just going to try all of these different things. So it just depends on your individual dog, right? As far as like what the the giving up slash shutting down may actually look like. But um, particularly in in some of my reactive dog um clients, um, oftentimes reactive dogs are nervous and or afraid and that manifests itself as the service behavior of the, the reactivity. And for those dogs, I often see more of the shutting down where they'll just stop offering behavior. They'll just kind of stand there like, mm, don't know, just going to stand here. And like, trust me, I know on the human end that is super duper frustrating, <laughs> but 
ultimately, we have the power to prevent it from getting to that point. So I want to empower you to know that behavioral momentum is well within your capabilities of getting out of your dog, right? So I really want you thinking about those situations with your your individual dog, where they're doing something you don't want them to do. What is one small behavior you could reward and maybe another small behavior you you could reward subsequent to that to get some behavioral momentum, right? I do want to acknowledge that there are oftentimes extraordinary circumstances. So like in the sequence of you have a dog who won't move, um, I do think that there is fear, um, anxiety, there could be physical stuff happening. So I, I don't want to say that you shouldn't evaluate like the whole picture, but I do want to encourage you to really think about the concept of behavioral momentum, right? Because I assure you, once you, you get your dog to quote unquote buy in, you're going to be able to get to the end goal a lot sooner. So guys, this is kind of a short and sweet episode, um, but I wanted to, you know, meet you on a Friday morning to give you some training inspiration per usual. So um, like I said, I'd love to have more of a discussion uh, on this concept um, in the Facebook group. So if you have an example of how you have used behavioral momentum to get to the desired outcome with your dog, do me a favor. Will you please share that in the Facebook group? I would love to see it. And I think that a lot of other people can learn from it. So guys, if you have any topic ideas, you have a particular guest you'd like to hear me talk with on the podcast, shoot me a DM. Um, You can just let me know who you want to hear from. I'm always open to ideas for new podcast topic ideas. Um, I will be continuing on Pitbull Stories. I hope that you all have been enjoying that series. Um, So I have um, Pitbull Stories episodes coming at you every single Wednesday for the foreseeable future. And then, like I said, you know, Friday in- training inspiration. Um, I love these Friday episodes, so I hope you do too. And if you have something you want to hear me talk about, please just let me know. Um, Everybody, if you could do me a favor, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews this podcast gets, the easier it will be for um, dog guardians just like you who need this information to find me. So if you could leave me a um, a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be especially grateful. Y'all, it's been a total pleasure. Um, I am already looking forward to the next episode and smooch those puppies for me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.